Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. You know how if you uh, stare at a pot on the on the, uh, the the stove, Brandon, and you want water to boil, it just never boils. Yeah, that's how I feel about this election. I just need to take my eyes off for, off it for a little bit. So um, maybe when we're done talking about SmackDown tonight. Um, we'll, we'll have a uh, president 
elect. Um, it, it seems inevitable at this point. Um, so, uh, the, it, it yeah. does seem inevit- inevitable, but it also seems like it's just never coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I actually saw a thing. I saw a thing on, on Twitter earlier today that was basically like, you know, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to go out to dinner with your friends and family for, for the first time in a while. And you're not going to be wearing a mask because there's been a, uh, there's been a COVID vaccine and you're going to be having a great time remembering how, how fun, you know, being out in public used to be. And you're going to go home and sit on your couch and flip on your TV and find out that, Hey, Nevada's at 95%. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I thought you might be going two different directions because what I'm looking forward to um, on a completely different thing is, is yes, being able to go out again, not wear a mask, be with friends and family, and not have – not basically in your mind have an internal, internal clock tick just counting down the seconds till someone brings up Donald Trump because it always happens. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's going to be so nice to go through a month of not thinking about him. And you know that's going to happen sometime in the next, you know, four years. Um Based on every indication and every, I mean, some people have called it, uh, but not the major networks or AP, and that's what counts right now. But yeah, I mean, it's just been a, it's just been a exhausting, and I'm I'm ready to just. I remember I remember like a dozen or I don't know eight years ago, just thinking at some point, you know, I know it's probably it wasn't exactly eight years ago because that had been during the campaign, but sometime during Obama's presidency, I was like, I haven't thought of President Obama in weeks. What's he even doing? And now I like long for those days. Just go, let a president go do his thing, and uh, and then I don't need to know a daily you know daily tweet update. Anyway, um, what a week! What a week! Um, good episode of SmackDown in certain respects. Um, some other things we're talking about um, that might not be so strong, but I would say the the uh, the top talking point for SmackDown just like by default is this just amazing Roman Reigns character. And the dynamic with him and Paul Heyman continues to evolve. The the rules of 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 engagement for Reigns and and how he wants people who are underneath him to to conduct themselves and and be subservient to him uh, with Jay was uh, was just tremendous. And I you know it's this nice slow consistent story with Reigns, and it just makes a little bit of progress each week. There's a little bit more that we see of him. Um, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it, Brandon. How about you? Yeah, I I definitely think week to week it's the thing that I look for most. And there hasn't been a point yet where I felt like, man, I just really wish they'd get on with this. I feel like every week we get a little bit more uh, exposition of, of who this Roman Reigns character is and what drives him. And, and I think the, the – And why we shouldn't like him. We're seeing with Jay so, yeah, exactly. That's a big thing, you know, because at first it was like, is he going to be a heel or just sort of a guy who's in charge? And like, it, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, that's a really big thing that every week they're making us like him less. Yeah, definitely. And it, it becomes increasingly clear that oh, this this really is a heel character. This isn't just them trying to give Roman Reigns an attitude change and, and make him more of a badass. This is a full on heel character uh, and and a, a heel character that has depth, which is not something that we can say all that often about about heels in WWE. I mean, I think the, the biggest fear probably in in the idea of turning Roman Reigns heel is that he he could have wound up just as sort of stale and and cookie cutter basic as he as he was as a babyface, and, and we're seeing the polar opposite of that. We're seeing him better defined uh, with with more clear direction and purpose than I, I think he's ever had in his career. And we're also getting to see you know what a great actor Jey Uso would be, 
and and how effective he can be in this role and the confliction that's sort of building in him week to week now, how he sort of feels like he has to be in this position in order himself and his family. But they're also not fully giving up on the idea that you know, Jey Uso has just turned to the dark side. I think having Caleb Braxton point out tonight uh, the sort of hypocrisy in Jay's behavior says that they're they're still considering this and they're looking at this very carefully and, and sort of progressing this character in a way where, you know, maybe Jay decides that the family bloodline isn't worth selling his soul for. I think that that's still very much on the table and I like feeling that way. That's the thing. This is not, it's not obvious where we are or where we're going, but it feels deliberate and, and part of a plan that will make sense because there's a consistency to Jey Uso's character, but there's also a fork in the road. And, you know, he's conflicted. There's family and there's his sense of pride and independence and self-worth and manhood that Roman is putting to the test. And he's scared, but he's also still got pride. And so it's not that it's they don't know what they're doing or you think they don't know what they're doing or they're trying to have a shade of gray for the sake of having a shade of gray. It's just a real like he's conflicted in a way that 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 Jay is where you relate to it Um, in some form or fashion. Everybody's been in a position where they're like, God, is this is this who I want to be? Is this what's. is this what's right for me? And you, you feel pulled in two different directions. Um, one feels right, but the other might feel necessary. Um, and I, I think they're telling that story well. So, you know, it, it's nice to uh, it's nice to see this promising storyline continue to progress in a way where it's living up to early expect. I don't know if expectations is the word, but early indications that something special is going on here with uh, with Reigns in this role. Yeah, I, I just think that this 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 has been so impressive all around to the point that you you sort of wonder like where was this storytelling all along from from WWE? I mean, it's been so long since we have had a story that was this this engaging and engrossing and and multi layered. I mean, usually even a lot of the good stories that WWE tells they're they're kind of easy to pick apart if you if you kind of if you kind of just look at them beyond the surface level. I, I mean, nobody is typically giving WWE you know any awards for for their creative writing even even in angles we enjoy so to have something that that has been this good and and for the most part this logical i I mean it's it's been really impressive i mean i said i said a couple of weeks ago a cell match on on twitter that you know obviously saying the best something is the best is is obviously really subjective but for my own personal enjoyment i i don't think that i have enjoyed an angle uh, this consistently and this much from the WWE main roster since the rise of CM Punk in 2011. Yeah, yeah, this has been uh, this has been good to watch, and, and there's more to come. You know, this is I don't know what's next for Roman, uh, but I'm eager to find out. I don't know, you know, if I, I, I'm assuming Daniel Bryan makes a comeback, a triumphant return to get revenge. Um, Kevin Owens certainly has uh, a reason to ask for revenge, and he'll you know he'll presumably still be on Team SmackDown. At Survivor Series, so there's going to be these stories to tell within that match, uh, where there's going to be people who might be trying to pull Ray, uh, pull Jay to their side, or not trusting Jay, and who knows where we are storyline wise by the time they get there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's fun to see it uh, play out as as um, 
as I was hoping it would be um, based on the early signs. And so far, they're, they're really delivering. All right, well, let's, uh, let's pause and introduce the show here. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Friday, November 6th, 2020. I'm Wade Keller, host of the program, and I'm joined by Brandon LeClaire from PWTorch.com. He covers SmackDown every Friday night right alongside my reports. You can find his at PWTorch.com, live coverage throughout the show. Brandon, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows by supporting us on Patreon with a Tier 1 membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, well, uh, we've got uh, our phone lines open, and we welcome your calls. Um, the uh, number is 347-215-8558, 347-215-8558. Uh, 
And you can also email us, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If you're listening to us live, uh, we're light on emails. Um, so it didn't seem like a super controversial show that people would be either in a rage about anything or it just was, a, I, I thought overall, Brandon, a, it, it moved that the rain storyline forward. It moved the race storyline forward without solving anything, but it moved it forward. We got some Survivor Series uh, advancements. Um, but overall, like, I don't think it's like a, a, a super dense show with uh, controversial things for us to, to rant and rave about, but a number of things to to discuss because it did move things forward. Is that kind of your overall assessment? Yeah, I think so overall. I, I mean, what I was saying in my, my report for PWTorch.com is just basically that in general, Survivor Series season in general seems to be pretty pretty light on storytelling. So I'm glad that they are at least still making an effort to kind of tell the major stories that each brand is having uh, in the midst of, of sort of this, this like, brand-to-brand chaos. Like, I, I, I generally think that Survivor Series is one of the worst times of the year for WWE just because they're, they they sort of give up on the storytelling entirely. You have these conflicts and these matches and feuds that don't really make a whole lot of sense. And, and it's sort of at times really hard to uh, to, to get anything accomplished. Uh, thankfully, that, that hasn't necessarily been the case in, in all scenarios this year. I think they've done a bit of a better job. Uh, and they did do a nice job furthering things some things along tonight with the Roman Reigns Jey Uso story. I think you saw what I assume is now going to be the natural conclusion for Bailey and Sasha Banks, and then, like you were mentioning, the uh, the stuff with Rey Mysterio, which, I mean, while I'm getting incredibly tired of that angle in general, <laughs> I mean, at least they're consistent with it. Yeah, yep. I do want to talk about that. We'll, uh, we'll go to phone calls here and see what subjects come up, but uh, certainly a few things I want to touch on if callers don't. We will uh, open up, though, with 443. We have not talked about the... Um, uh, Sasha Banks Bailey match yet too, and I, I definitely obviously want to get to that. Um, I, I would I would think that that for some people would be the A topic because uh, the, the streak is over. Um, so anyway, uh, four four three. Go ahead, state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, wait, it's Kyle from Butcher Man. How are you doing? Uh, doing good, Kyle. Uh, so what what stood out on SmackDown for you? Um, so this was I would say this is my final time watching SmackDown before my birthday next week. So. I'm glad to say that I was hoping that Sasha to to retain because for an early. How old yeah. are you going to be, Kyle? And, if I can, um, Kyle, if I can ask, how old are you going to be? Sad to start. Twenty-four. All right, cool. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Um, yeah. So, and when? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Sorry, it's nice right now. I thought I, I really thought I'd be the main event, but it was good for me being the first uh, match, but. And that was really good. I was like really hard. I really not not <laughs> really bad. I was just you know it was a really great match. And then the ending was Carmen came out of nowhere and super kicked to Sasha. I was like okay, so we're starting to see now. Which you know before it was good because I like I actually like Carmella as in this role as as he all liked her before when she faced Becky Girl in 2018 throughout that rivalry. And now with her being heel again, go after Sasha. That's all right, uh, Kyle. We're just having such a connection issue. Hopefully, it's. Work, it's oh, I'm going to put you on hold here. I, it, we're just you're breaking up a little too much. Hopefully, it's not on our side of things. We'll find out with the next caller. Um, but yes, wait. Let, I've, I've actually been losing you a bit too. Oh, have you? Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's it's just been like sort of that weird that sort of like internet type interference where you just kind of like dip out. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll uh, 
see if there's anything we can do about it. Show moves on here. So, uh, uh, Brandon, uh, we're, I, I thought they did a re- – first of all, it was a really good match with Sasha and Bailey. But also, I thought they did a really nice job recognizing the streak for Sasha, acknowledging it on commentary, but also yeah. building drama into the match based on that. Um, there was some convincing near falls where you're like, yeah, you know, with a the, with the kendo stick and the chair, and you're like, oh, God, they're going to do it. They're going to th- – this is it. And it wasn't. So um, you can imagine if a crowd was there, you know, the crowd cutaway shots to Sasha fans going, whoa, woo, you know, she, she, she escaped that one. Um, your, your thoughts on that match and the story that they told? Yeah, for all the legitimate complaints that there there definitely are with with this angle in general, once the breakup occurred, and, and I think there are plenty, there's certainly a case to be made that they that in a lot of ways they ruined it uh, just because of the way that the 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 angle played out post breakup. But but one thing that you can certainly give them and, and put in the win column overall is is the two matches. Uh, I, I think the Hell in a Cell match was great, and I thought the match tonight was really really good at telling a story uh, in in simpler fashion. I thought they made really creative and and good use of the ring as a weapon, uh, which, you know, they, they, there ought to do from time to time in, in, in a lot of WWE matches, but I thought Bailey and Sasha kind of took it to the next level and, and did it really creatively. And, and I did really, really enjoy the story that they were telling, uh, and, and trying to drive home the point that, you know, Sasha can't retain titles in, in, uh, in these situations. And, I thought it was good to use that to their advantage because not only does it build drama for the match itself, but it acknowledges history. And and that's something that WWE will sometimes ignore, especially if it doesn't play into the narrative that they're trying to utilize. So I thought it was really smart. I thought it was good storytelling. I thought the near falls were really believable and, and they definitely got me too. Uh, they, they certainly got me on a couple of those near falls where I thought, Oh, they're really going to do it. They're going to put this back on Bailey. Uh, but in the end, I think, I think keeping it on Sasha is the, right move giving her her first official title successful title defense against bailey is is the right move and i am i'm intrigued by the fact that they immediately moved on they they left no question here as to whether they're immediately going back to the bailey feud for sasha she is now officially in conflict with carmella so we we got our answer and i think it's probably ultimately the right move even though i would have liked to have seen this this feud settled on a bigger stage and and uh, had them tell a better story overall. I thought tonight was was a good ending for the feud that we got. I agree. I thought this was a, a fitting ending in front of a big audience. Um, they gave them plenty of time to tell a great story. I don't think I've ever seen a match with such a high percentage of action taking place on or springing from the ring apron. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> like, that is the new, new playground yeah. for wrestling in general, but especially that. That's them. what I was... Yeah, that's that's what I was getting at when when I was saying that they they were creatively using the ring as a weapon um, yeah. to to a point that I, I think was a bit more than we're used to seeing. Yep, I I agree. I agree. Um, just a really a, a fitting end, uh, a welcome end um, to it. I also want to say, and and we'll try try you back in a second, Kyle, to see if the connection's any better. I think that Bailey continues to do good work on the microphone, and I know some people don't agree, and other people definitely do. I mean, I know it, it's it's I don't think people feel passionate about it, but they just sort of you know sort of sort of tilt one way or the other with her. She's not like this this like gushing with charisma. She's not funny and witty, um, and yes, she's reciting memorized lines. But there's something about her where I feel like she really enjoys being the character that she's portraying, like. I, I, by the time I'm done watching her talk, I do kind of want to see her loose. I want to see her get what she's got coming. And that is pro wrestling more than 
dives, more than ironic comments, more than um, comedy skits backstage. Like, it is a, I mean, if you list what's important about wrestling in terms of drawing money and why the masses have tuned in over the years, it's a lot of things, but wanting to see, getting wrapped up and seeing a heel get their comeuppance is right near the top. And there's not much that's above that other than like a, a just a, a, obviously a top central baby face who you just love. And I just think Bailey's doing a solid job with it. I, again, I'm not saying heel of the year promos or anything, but I think she does it like just, I watched that interview and I'm like, she's annoying and I just want to see her get beat up, but I don't want to turn the channel. It's not like she's overstaying her welcome. That's happened at times, but that didn't happen tonight. Uh, Brandon, where are you on, on her at this stage? Yeah, I, I definitely think she's serviceable. She's not blowing the roof off of places. She's not she's not delivering the kind of, you know, show stealing, captivating promos, but she's certainly doing a good job. And I think that when you watch Bailey, there's a certain sense of like you said, enjoyment. There there's there's a passion there. There's a clear sense that she's a student of the game, that she loves this, that she loves having the opportunity to play this villain role. And I think she's growing into it. I think she's gotten progressively better. And and you can just tell that there's a joy there and there's a pride in what she's doing. I think she's she's been better than she's ever been in terms of her her main roster performance. And it it seems like she knows it. I agree. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's... Uh... Let's check in with Kyle here and see if he wants any follow-up and also to test our connection. Go ahead, Kyle. Hi, can you hear me again? Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it sounds a little better right now. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I just kind of thought it was being made up, but it was, it was going to be in the first match, though. Um, I think my last thing is that having, you know, Ruby Riot being part of Survivor Series now, which is interesting, it was kind of, well, I wasn't really kind of shocked of of, of, of given who, who who was involved, kind of like last week with um with Bianca Belair last week. I've had the same thing here, but what do you think about that? Now Ruby Riot being part of the series, and I'm not saying away from Liv Morgan being the captain, but what do you think about that that was um whole situation? But that was it. Thanks, Thanks Kyle. Yep. Um, Ruby Riot with a new look this week. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's kind of hard to judge because on on one hand. It's like I, I want to see women get opportunities, and I want to see them them kind of uh, create new characters or, or rehab these characters on on new brands when they get moved over. And on the other hand, it's like they've just done so much damage to some of these girls, and, and Ruby Riot is is among them that it's hard to take them seriously, and it's hard to sort of get behind the fresh new start when we've just been told for so long that they're they're not competitive. And I hope it works out. I hope they can build some momentum for Ruby Riot. I, I don't know that tonight helped her in any real way. I mean, sure, you qualify for a Survivor Series match, but I mean, what does that really mean? And and it, was it a? It, it was hardly a match. I, I mean, essentially, when you boil it down, it was three minutes of random roll ups, a couple of small spots, and then the the submission finish. I mean, there just there just wasn't anything <laughs> to see, sink your teeth into. Yeah. So it's just, it's just hard, it, and that's not a knock on any of those three women, by the way. That's just, I mean, clearly the way that it was booked. I mean, all of them clearly are capable of much more. But there was just nothing to the match. I, I don't. It didn't give me the sense that Ruby Riot earned anything. It didn't give me the sense that they were particularly invested in making her a focal point of the team. It was just like, yeah, we've got this team. There needs to be five women on it. We're a little short on on talent on the roster. So here's three women and pick one. The way they came up with uh, Adam Pierce segment backstage was, you know, kind of dough to be at their worst, which is, you know, Natalia whining, Pierce going, I was thinking of giving you the, the opportunity. And then two other people happen to show up because they overhear it. And then Pierce like, well, let's make it a three way. And Natalia, who was going to be given the opportunity now wants is saying, I want to prove it. I don't know what I don't know what uh, Natalia's character is. I didn't have any strong feelings about any of them. By the time they had a match, it felt contrived. It felt thrown together. And, and- and yeah. now Natalia has to – I mean, this is her second attempt at trying to get into this match. Yep. Like, how many attempts do you get? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, wait a second. How many women are on the roster? Why is she getting that chance? So 
I, I didn't I didn't like that. I mean, I, I think you should be able to come up with something better and make it feel like being on the Survivor Series team is important enough that maybe Adam Pierce wouldn't gift someone the spot and maybe he'd have an idea of how to determine who's on it before two women who are dressed to wrestle but have no scheduled match say, I have an idea. I mean, it's just... It's just stupid. It's a bad habit that if they, there was a new writer who had clout and showed up and saw that, he or she would be like, um, really? This is this is how you guys tell stories around here? And everyone would be like, uh, yeah, we kind of do. But now that you mention it, that is kind of dumb. You know I mean? Like, they just need someone to, like, bring up. Come on. Just just do better. I mean, the, un- the unfortunate truth with the Survivor Series women's match is that you quickly realize that they simply don't have the depth to determine qualifiers the same way that they do with the men's team. I mean, with the men's team on each brand, they can have a series of five one-on-one qualifier matches with 10 unique wrestlers and pull five winners from that for each brand. And on, and, and with the women, they don't have it. They, they can't put together 10 singles matches with women that have been booked competitively on television that have the credibility to have these matches to qualify. So they've got to come up with a creative solution and, and it's not all that creative. No, no, it isn't. Um, uh, Carmela, uh, I'm not quite sure what we're supposed to think of her yet, but it sort of, th- it sort of seems like, you know, I had a distinctive gimmick from the boroughs of New York. Was it Queens or scra- I, I, was it, que- was it Queens or scra- uh, uh, Long Island, Long, Long Island, Island. Okay. Staten Island. Island. That's it. Yeah. Staten Island. So, um, yeah, and and that was her her stick, and she had a gimmick. It was distinct, and now she like is interchangeable so far with like Lana and Mandy and Kelly Kelly. It's like I'm gonna be the blonde bombshell. It's like I, I don't know what she's supposed to be, and I, I mean I'll give it a chance, but it just seems like she's like remember remember that distinct character I was. Now I'm gonna be confusing and interchangeable with all the others. Yeah, I mean what is that? So, I, I don't I mean, know. I, we yeah. were supposed to find out tonight. She yeah. said last week we were going to find out what untouchable means. I, yeah. the, the, so, untouchable means you attack the champion, I guess, yeah. from behind. So, yeah, I'm, I'm again, I'll give it a chance. We'll see. We'll see. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. 
Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. I'm 802, go ahead and state your name and where you're calling from. Guess who? Hey, Wade, Brandon's <laughs> Nick from Brattleboro, Vermont. How are you guys doing? Good to hear from you. Nick, yeah, what, uh, what jumped out on SmackDown? Um, well, I just, I, I agree with what, you know, the, what, what you said about the, you know, the, the Reigns angle and stuff. I, just, I had one, good, one good, good thing happen I wanted to mention, and then there's two kind of weird things. The good thing was, I don't know if Roman, during his uh, COVID isolation, stood in front of the mirror and acted <laughs> but at the end he does it, it's just a subtle subtle smile not <laughs> a big grin that you know so many other wrestlers would have done in terms at that point you know it was just he knows the camera's on him, and it's just a slight upturn in his, you know without showing teeth and it was just Oh God, he is—he's gone off the deep end. He's gonna kill people, you know. I just thought that was great. And then on the negative side, they kept talking about, oh, what does Reigns have the power to just get any match they want? Seems like every wrestler on WWE can just go and get whatever match they want. You let's find We got a match now, <laughs> and. Then, um, the, uh, the, the, what is it, Cole and James are talking about how mean and nasty Jay is, totally forgetting their, when, when he and Jimmy transitioned from the colorful Usos to the, the penitentiary, they were nasty. I mean, they, they were mm-hmm. heels. They were, um, Taking the new day, pounding people heels. You know, it's so you know it's, and they don't think that's fair. Anyway, um, and then I also have something to say about the the Sasha and uh, and Bailey, and I'll let you guys comment on that if you want to. Yeah, um, uh, go ahead, Brandon. What what do you think of what Nick had to say? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely understand the concern. I, I think that uh, that there's there's always sort of a disconnect between uh, when when a when a wrestler has played multiple characters over the course of their career. WWE typically will only acknowledge the most recent one uh, if it if it serves their narrative. And I think in this case, it it benefits the storytelling for Michael Cole and Corey Graves to really only acknowledge the most recent version of Jey Uso. Uh, I, I don't. I, it's not like a huge thing to me. I think that they could certainly do better with it. Uh, but I also think that like this version of Jey Uso is, is different enough uh, from the counterpart that, that we saw, you know, back during that, that new day feud and whatnot. And, and also the fact that he's a singles wrestler, at least for the time being, I think that it can be approached a little bit differently. So I'm getting too mm-hmm. hung up on, on them not acknowledging it. But I mean, like, for the sake of storytelling, I like clarity and for them to acknowledge their history. But I think everything else is is so good that I'm a little bit more forgiving about that. Yeah, I just have to be a curmudgeon sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nick. Yeah, what else? What um, else on your mind? 
Well, one thing I just want to know is I can deposit a check online in 10 seconds. How come they can't count these votes? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I, I, yes. No, I, I, With I, my iPhone. I understand the frustration. I mean, obviously, the you know, they're they're hand counting millions of ballots. I know. And then there's the issue of yeah, you know the races being the, the deciding states in a few cases being crazy close, and nobody wants to be wrong. And these it's every every all those number crunchers in the back rooms at all these networks are all doing their own thing. They all would rather they all want to be right, but they want to be they want to be first, but they want to they don't want to be wrong. And it is more complicated because it right. used to be there was this random sample of people who went to the ballot box. Or, I'm sorry, people who went to the polling place and people who sent in mail-in ballots. And it was sort of randomized and you could get something out of it. And this year, because Trump told everyone, don't mail in your ballots. Um, and then the Democrats said, mail in your ballots. Don't yep. go, to the, ba- don't oh, go yeah. to the polls. You have this huge discrepancy. So you have this all the points scored in the first half, which is... The mail-in portion were thrown in a box until everybody in the second half came on Tuesday and voted. We found out the second half score first, which is, you know, 70 80% Republican. And now we're having to go through the process of now finally finding out what happened in the first half when everyone for the last few months mailed in their ballots. And that's yeah, taking longer because they're not at it. It's tough staying up for every day. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am, I am well, explaining oh, I just, what uh, – I, I just – I'm explaining why it's different, but I'm not saying it's not frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah, huh? yeah. All right, uh, cool. Uh, um, Nick, go ahead. I just, I yeah. just wanted to get your. Oh yeah, no, I just wanted to get your opinion. I mean, I love. I thought the Sasha Bailey match was fabulous. Yeah. You know, and just my curmudgeonly sense is they should have had this one first and then done the Hell in Cell match. But anyway. Um, first, where do you think first Bailey's? What, what do you think's up with Bailey? I mean, it is. Does she get traded to to Raw for like Shayna Baszler so that there's another heel for Sasha to go after, go after with after Carmella and Bailey can go after Oscar uh, again? Um, I just, I mean, what what does she do? Yeah, um, that's actually a really good topic, Nick. What is next for uh, for, for Bailey, Brandon? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's it's sort of strange to kind of recalibrate our senses here. Uh, I was kind of saying that in in my my coverage for for the torch, just that it's sort of strange to think of Bailey and Sasha doing something else. I mean, granted, we got a pretty clear picture of of where Sasha will be headed because they they set it up for us. But for Bailey, it's it's a lot less obvious, and I think part of that is because it's been so long since these two women have, have been involved in anything else. But I think it's also because there just isn't that much depth on, on SmackDown especially. I mean, is there really anybody for Bailey to, to, to logically feud with uh, that Bian- won't feel like a, like a big letdown? I'd say Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, yeah, yep. definitely, definitely Bianca Belair, yep. yeah, okay. So that that's probably the first pick. So if that's the case, then I would imagine they sort of have to sit on it until after Survivor Series, or what I think would probably be the best case scenario is is Bailey gets on that Survivor Series team and they start something with Bianca there. Yeah, I think that works. And really, I mean, if you have two singles feuds and one of them is Sasha Carmella for the title and the other is ex-champ Bailey versus Bianca Belair, I think you're fine. You know, I mean, then you've got, you know, Natalia and Zelina and Ruby Riot and, you know, Tamina, whatever they do. You know, they can have other things. But it's going to be, you're not going to be able to put 
six main event level women on one episode on one on one roster right now in WWE. So having four and then some utility players is probably right. And plus, you have the uh, the tag champs who might float over to to SmackDown now and then. So. I mean, those are two good feuds, and I, I assume that's that's what next. I don't anticipate a trade. Um, won't rule it out, but I, I just I'm not anticipating it. I don't think they need to do that. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Nick, any, uh, anything else you want to add before we, we let you go? Um, uh, just, um, did, they, did they just replay the Lars Sullivan interview and super in Cole? <laughs> it was just the same promo. And with that, I will, I will leave you guys to it. And let's go. Let's just get a winner. And then we can go, all go out to dinner and wait for the Nevada returns to come in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think happy birthday to Kyle. Ah, Nick, that's very nice of you. Yes, happy birthday. Happy 24th, Kyle. Um, I think they're up to a half a percent lead in Pennsylvania, which I think is a threshold for the AP. So um, we, we could actually get the AP announcing Biden president-elect as Biden's taking stage in Delaware. So this could all, this could all come together in a suspiciously. Uh, or we can be, you know, 18 hours from now after staying up all night, <laughs> still still not getting a, a decision because <laughs> everyone's trepidatious over what the – what the, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever the terms are, absentee ballots, provisionals, that's the word. You know, what, what if the provisionals go 97% for Trump? Well, they're not going to. They never have. You know, they're not going to go 97% for Biden either. Use common sense and let's call this thing. All right. I mean, wait, it, it, it is 2020. So, you know, common yes. sense and, and, and logic dictates that whatever whatever it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the most painful way possible. So yeah. expect that, you know, another three, four days, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he brought up Lars Sullivan, though. <laughs> um, what, what, Brandon, yeah. what, have you thought of, what have you thought of Lars the last two weeks? So you can comment on whether it felt redundant also. But just in general, your take on, on what they're doing with Lars and how they're giving him this, uh, th- this backstory. Sure. So, so I actually, uh, I, I thought there was a pretty distinct difference between last week and this week. Uh, last week, I, I, I was, I was, I was fairly high on on that promo with Corey. I thought that they they established some decent chemistry. I thought that it it dipped at times into sort of like generic big man fodder, but I thought for the most part, like it was the more calculated and calm and intelligent and and smooth demeanored Lars Sullivan that you and I had had talked about uh, a few weeks ago uh, that that we remember seeing in NXT, and so I, I was impressed with it, and I thought it was a good opening segue into giving this character that I had been pretty hard on. Uh, for for being a uh, sort of just a generic big man, I, I thought that it, it it started the process of making him a, a fallible character, and I, I thought this week was a bit of a step backwards. He he kind of 
devolved into that grunting, heavy breathing, like shirtless big guy who just wanted to talk about beating up kids and becoming a bully. And like, it just felt so cliche and, and so generic big wrestling guy. It, it just wasn't the kind of promo that I thought worked for him. I, I thought it was a stark contrast to last week. And, and I thought it was a step backward. Uh, can they redeem themselves? And, and can he redeem himself? Certainly. I mean, I, I don't think this was any sort of like nail in the coffin or for him by any means. But uh, he's he's got work to do to, to try to be a, a more convincing character and more than just the generic big guy who, who has some impressive offense. I, I thought one of the remarkable moments, I don't, one of the standout moments for me was when he said, I could make them do whatever they want. I could make them eat whatever I want. Yeah. Dirt, glass, bugs. Yeah. And he hung on that like he was going to say something else and that he could do other things. And I thought it started getting suggestive of things that go beyond dirt, glass, and bugs. Although glass is like, you know. Not a good, you know, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Dirt and bugs, you'll survive. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't know, I mean, it, it could have just been, you know, the delivery and, and the cadence was just what it was. But it was almost like he was on the verge of saying something else and wanted you to think he was about to go somewhere else. And that was supposed to make us, you know, feel dirty and, oh, God, did you really? Um, so I don't know. But maybe you can check in with Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa on that or something. It felt like they were going for something there, and I, I could be reading too much into it, but I also would not put it past put it past Vince McMahon to uh, to, to have something that you know he's trying to get people to, to oh we're gonna have, have Lars you know. So, so I, I'm not as down on on Lars this week as you are, but I also don't disagree with your points. Um, I'm still I'm still on board with the character of Lars uh, in the sense that I'm, I'm curious where they go with it and, and what they do with it next. Um, and I, you know, it was intense and it was uncomfortable, but you know, that's what they were going for. So, um, anyway, I just like, it, it, yeah. it was sort of, it was almost sort of comical in a way to me, to me, just because like last week he's, he's telling more or less the same story. He's really telling yeah. a continuation of the yeah. story that he told last week. Yeah. So why last week was he fully dressed and calm and collected? Mm. And this week, it looks like he just finished running a marathon. He's shirtless, and he's just like heavy breathing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It just it it's just like Vince. It I mean, it matched the situation. It could have been Vince didn't like. He, in the end, he wasn't happy with what what they did last week, and or he liked it but wanted to build on it and, and add a layer to it. But it almost felt like a redo, um, more than a sequel. Yeah. You know, a, a redo more than a sequel. Harley, remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. 
Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch DailyCast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Nine one zero. Go ahead. State your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Jim. How are you? It's Seth from North Carolina. Hey, Seth. Good to hear from you. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of SmackDown tonight? Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I thought SmackDown was really good. It makes such a huge difference when you can sink your teeth into good storytelling on SmackDown versus Raw. Um, as far as the Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, you know, Roman Reigns is really, you know, needless to say, he's really stepped up to the plate. One thing I thought that was really interesting this week was Paul Heyman really just telling the story with his with his hand gestures and his movement, his eyes. You know, it doesn't really say much, and he doesn't really have to. And, you know, with Roman Reigns kind of asking, you know, telling Jay, listen, you didn't ask me to get that interview with Kayla tonight. Um, <clears throat> do you think maybe he pulls him out of the Survivor Series team and says, listen, you know, we, we don't do, you know, we're family. We don't fight. Mm. For you know, you don't just get into a Survivor Series team without asking me, or do this without asking me. I, I just kind of wanted your thoughts on that. And, then, and uh, after that, I want to maybe if I could touch on um, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for sure. Um, yeah, Brandon, what what do you think about that? Uh, the 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 Mysterio part or the or the Reigns part? Oh no, the Reigns part first. He's going to comment on. Rain, yeah. So. Okay, sure. So, so Reigns, Reigns, I, I mean, has has just been excellent, um, and and I completely agree. The body language, the the, the subtle movements, everything that he's been doing, ha- has been just on on a completely different level. I love the way, especially that, like he he gave Paul instructions today and, and didn't even look at him. Was just was just sort of looking ahead as if it wasn't even worth his time to turn and look at Paul. He just gave the directions, mm-hmm. and Paul listened to the orders. Uh, as for Roman um, requesting that Jay pull out of the the, the Survivor Series yeah. match, I could definitely see it. I, I think like it it would make sense um, for for the character and for the development of the way this is going. Like Roman Reigns didn't expressly give Jay Uso permission to participate in the Survivor Series match, so why uh, wh- why would he do it? But I, I think what's actually more likely is that Roman Reigns demands that Jay stays in the match, that he wants him in the match, and he expects that Jay Uso is going to be the sole survivor. Because Jay Uso is representing that bloodline. And if they don't win that match, if SmackDown doesn't win and Jay Uso specifically doesn't win, that means again, the way like Roman said tonight, that he's disrespecting Roman Reigns and by proxy disrespecting their family. So my expectation is Reigns wants Jay in a high profile match and he wants and needs him to win. Um, so what are the odds Kevin Owens ends up on, uh, on the team at Survivor Series? I, I would think that that Owens is 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 likely to remain on the team. Yeah, it seems like I, that's I would a think that that it seems like they want to tell that story and not blow it off next week. But maybe they have something else in mind where they stack the team with people who are more loyal to Reigns. But they'd have to tell a lot of story in a short period of time. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see how I, I don't see how they they necessarily need to remove Reigns. I mean, of course, like Roman Roman can uh, Roman can you know request that he he be removed. Sorry, I, I was thinking that we were talking about you know that that uh, that Roman didn't want Jay on the team because he didn't give him permission to be on the team. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that if if Reigns were to request that KO is removed, it, it would it would make sense logically from a storyline perspective. Reigns can say, you know, that that Jay beat him, proved that he wasn't worthy of being on the team, and you can replace him with someone like you said, more friendly to the Reigns family, someone who Reigns suspects can better carry out uh, carry or help Jay to victory. But I, I think it makes more sense to leave KO there and and to continue sort of the tension building between that between Jay and and KO and and Roman I want to mention too that I thought Kevin Owens it's nice to be reminded how good he is on the mic now and then I mean he was good and yeah. in, in, you know it sort of feels uh, it doesn't sort of it feels orchestrated flat out orchestrated where oh we're gonna go look at someone get coffee and oh what, what are the odds it turned into a really interesting conversation that forwards a storyline um so you know I wish WWE didn't do that stuff but they do and so you know I I resign myself to it and evaluate it within that that context um, and he was good there, but the, the more traditional thing that I like is something that feels less orchestrated and just planned within the context of presenting a wrestling show, which is you're about to go out to the ring. I'm a professional interviewer. Let me ask you some questions to set the mm-hmm. stage for your match. And Kevin Owens took that and just ran with it. He was, he was great. He wasn't desperate. He wasn't trying to be funny and witty and get in one-liners. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't acting like a goof. And some people, their character is acting like a goof. But he he's just so good because I believed what he said. He said it he articulated his points really well and he set the stage for what was going on and he reacted naturally to what happened before and where he was headed next. So I, I just, I just wanted to sneak in. It wasn't like this big jump off the page moment for the show, but Kale's really good. Yeah. Owens is a great facilitator of, of furthering angles that don't necessarily have anything to do with him. I, I mean, I think that's why they keep the, the KO show going because he's so good at, at getting at the root and the heart of an issue and, and kind of pulling uh, positive, positive, uh, positive promos and pars- positive remarks from characters that might otherwise struggle. I, I think he's done it in the past, like with with Alexa Bliss and and trying to better explain the the Fiend situation. And I think you see it again tonight, where I, I think that he uses the full embodiment and history of his character to justify his actions and also to point people in the right direction and use himself as an example. When people seem to be going down the wrong path, he has a distinct history to draw from to say, hey, I was in this position too, and here's what I did, and I wasn't so great of a guy, and maybe you should be better too. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at PWTorchDailyCast.com. All right, let's go back to uh, Seth. Uh, follow up with regarding Ray and the whole Mysterio family storyline. Yeah, you know, um, just to tie a bow on the Roman Reigns book. Oh, sure. Yeah. I get to Mysterio. Yeah. Um, does uh, does Jay come back? Is Jay the the, the replacement for KO? And as far as wait on your point with with KO and 
And I also want to put bring in Daniel Bryan from last week because I think putting uh, Jay Uso against a Daniel Bryan and a KO two weeks in a row, it really speaks volumes to what uh, Jay can do and having to work, you know, with with the caliber of Daniel Bryan's and uh, Kevin Owens. Um, as far as Rey Mysterio, I, I thought they were going to lose me there for a minute when I, I didn't think Aaliyah would come and shove Murphy for what Murphy did. I was like, please, God, have her come and shove Murphy because at that point, if he, she didn't do something like that, I, uh, you know, I, I would have really, uh, I think, uh, tossed the bed. But I, uh, do you guys like where this is going? Because now it seems like Murphy's back with Seth Rollins and they're kind of going back and forth with it. I, I liked it when they weren't going back and forth and, and, and Murphy was more involved with the Mysterios versus Seth. I, I think we need to kind of separate Seth and Murphy and get away, you know, and maybe go off on a different direction with uh, Murphy and Ray Mysterio. And just, I'll, I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you. Thanks, Seth. Good to hear from you. Um, so I, I think... You know, Seth hopefully doesn't watch SmackDown because uh, Murphy assured Ali on camera, you know, I got this. I know what I'm doing in a way that I think if I'm Seth would, would cause me to would arouse my suspicion that maybe he's playing me. So I think as viewers, we're supposed to read into that. And I thought if you're going to if, if you're in a conundrum of how do we tell that story without it being so obvious that Seth should know, I thought there was just enough ambiguity to what Murphy was doing or like well is he placating Aaliyah or is he really with Seth and or is there some third option that I'm not thinking of so I thought it was fine I mean yes we're, we're now that Sasha Bailey's over I'm willing to give a little more breathing space to the continuation of the Seth Mysterio family Murphy storyline um, because I think the Aaliyah Murphy dynamic has added something to it instead of popping eyeballs out of heads and and whatever um so I'm I'm okay with what they did this week, and I'm, I am curious because I don't see an obvious satisfying resolution, but I think they have something specific in mind. They're not winging it uh, with, with Murphy and Aaliyah. Um, Brandon, your thoughts? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not it's not an angle that I'm getting excited about every week, but it's not – it's not to a point that it was in the summer where it was sort of a it was sort of a giant eye roll. I mean, no pun intended, but the with the eye and everything, it was just it, it had just gotten to be too much and too ridiculous and, and too over the top violent and not in an entertaining way. I think we've progressed out of that. And, and generally speaking, WWE doesn't do romance angles particularly well. And I think that there is certainly a case to be made that maybe you shouldn't be involving 19 year old Aaliyah in an, in a storyline like this, but at the end of the day, you know, she's of age, Murphy's of age. Everything is, is legal and kosher and fine. Uh, so I think, I think that we've seen improvement. I like the fact that Murphy's getting some TV time. I think he's a solid, uh, a solid character and an even better wrestler. I, I think that Seth Rollins is certainly a fresh addition to SmackDown. I think that this twist is intriguing enough to to keep people, you know, kind of guessing. The one positive with this angle, at least since moving to SmackDown, is that there have been twists and turns. It hasn't been rehashing the same thing on a week-to-week basis. And, and sometimes twists and turns aren't a good thing when you want to tell a straight, logical story. But they've kind of gone all over the place with this angle. So to now be changing it up, I think, overall is, is a positive thing. And I'm, I'm intrigued and engaged enough to, to see where it goes week to week. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a, a and it's and I think it's fine. And it's up to them to to do a good job with this. I mean, the matches again. If there was a if there was a live crowd reacting to all this, I would be curious how they were how they would be reacting um, 
you know, to Murphy and Aaliyah if they would, you know, be sort of, I think, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there'd be one reaction. And I think the fan base would react maybe a little differently now, um, uh, the WWE yeah. fan base especially. So, yeah, I, we'll see. I, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I, I do, like, tonight, I, I, I think that the angle was fine tonight. But I, I would say that match, the, the, the Mysterio-Corbin match, <laughs> it's just like slow, plotting yeah. nothingness. I... I I, I just have such a hard time with these these drawn out King Corbin matches that go nowhere and, and just tell this story of him just beating down senselessly on a baby face for like five, ten, sometimes as much as twelve or fifteen minutes. It's it's just grating. And I thought this match in particular, I, I get that they were trying to build up the story with Dominic at ringside and eventually with Murphy and Aaliyah showing up, but I just I didn't think that it it was worth the time that they spent on it, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know trying to trying to just get to the point where they could put Corbin in the Survivor Series match. I, I mean it it didn't have to be done this particular way. Uh, I, I just thought that match was was uh, was dreadful. Yeah, you know I, I agree. It was not uh, it wasn't it was there for other reasons than to be good, but it it, it didn't carry the end of being good enough to not sure. be noticeably bad. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Right, and, yeah. and that's the thing. You can have a match that that's not there to be good. Just don't go quite that long. Yeah, I, I just they could have accomplished the same thing and had the the interference at more opportune times to shorten the length dramatically and still accomplish the same goal. I mean, Rey Mysterio losing that match in short order is not going to do any more damage to Rey Mysterio than losing a bad match in longer in longer fashion because they've already told the story that Mysterio was beat up backstage. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. He is I, and I am him, and I'm Matt Taven, the real Ring of Honor world champion. And you know how I show everyone that I get it? By tuning in to the podcast of honor with Tyler and my personal main man, Ryan. This is Ryan. And I'm Tyler. And we are the hosts of the wildly popular PW Torch VIP show, Podcast of Honor. Our show covers everything Ring of Honor wrestling, from analysis, show recaps, and wide-ranging interviews with the stars of Ring of Honor. Download the Podcast of Honor each week and support the best podcast on the PW Torch VIP network. Let's move on to Erico 305. Javier from Miami will wrap up the caller portion unless someone jumps on the phone lines in the meantime. Uh, Javier, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you think of SmackDown? Hey, wait, hey, Brian, it's been a while. Yeah, good to hey. talk to you. Yeah, it was It was. Been- uh, well, Brandon, Brandon specifically, it's been, uh, it's been a while since the three of us. Uh, we haven't had a good chat about uh, Charlie Caruso <laughs> a bit. Oh, man. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> hey, we're on, we're on SmackDown. The, uh, I don't have to, I don't yeah, have to worry think... about them coming after Charlie. Hey, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but let's, let's talk about uh, Braxton then because 
Uh, she went after uh, Uso hard. I was really impressed. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. And I'll tell you why. I think that, you know, too often WWE's backstage interviewers are, are sort of, you know, mindless robots. And that's nothing against them because most of these girls seem really charismatic and, and they, they seem to know the product. And they all seem intelligent and very capable of, of being a competent interviewer. And occasionally they are, but for the most part, they're just reading from, from a generic script. And I, I can't think of a period that Kayla has ever been given a personality on screen. So for her to challenge Jey Uso, I, I thought was, was overall a, a positive. And uh, speaking of the uh, – uh, uh, I, I'll second everything on Roman to acting. Yeah. But I thought Buddy Murphy also deserves a, a nod on this one because mm-hmm. um, his reaction when, he, when he's talking to Seth – and Seth, he says, you know, you know, and he says, you know, Messiah disciple, you know, he does it the first time. And you kind of feel like some disgust. And then when he goes, say it again, and then he has to like, you know, gather himself and he says it again. But like his disgust is barely contained. And then when uh, uh, Aaliyah run, runs at him, he just looks at her and he's like, trust me. And then it was the line that he says where you know the way he delivers it because normally the WWE want you to deliver this line like you know hey make sure everybody knows it but he he did he delivered it subtly when he says trust me it's for the greater good yes yeah and it was it was a play it was a catchphrase yeah no and it can be you can it was open for interpretation Seth can listen to that and say ah I got him and the audience can look and go ah he's using Seth's uh, philosophy against him he's gonna he has a different idea of what the greater good is but Seth won't pick up on it and we are and we're all in on it and I think that's what they were going for and I think I think they might have accomplished it yeah this 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 is uh I have not been too keen on the storyline I, I don't know it's just uh, I think there's something about the Seth character I, I I've got to sit down and really think about it and see why but yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've been interested to see uh, what uh, what what uh, Buddy's machinations are going to be. Sure. And uh, he, I'm a big fan of him in Wrestler Two, so you know I'm looking forward to what they do. Uh, what else have you? Yeah, and the um, oh, and uh, yeah, on the, on the Lars thing, uh, I, I did notice a big difference between week one and week two. Definitely, the whole it, it felt like let's turn turn him up to eleven. That this, you know, he wasn't enough of a monster, so we got to make sure we really don't see the monster. And that, that was just, I, I, I found that grating. Uh, I got vibes. Uh, was I the only one flashbacks to uh, Heinrich? No, it was definitely it's they were there. going. I think they were going mm, for that. Yeah, I think yeah. this is this is Vince trying. I think I think he's always seen Lars as a Heinrich type, and and probably some of Lars's um, real life. Exploits have have added to that being a, a backstory they're going to hint at or or uh, play off of. There's a there's also there's also a little bit of like Gene Snitsky in there too. Yep, yep. No, it, it definitely. Yep. Yeah. I read books in my free time before I kill people and yell. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I almost want to curse through this one. Uh, but what the hell is going on with uh, Biggie? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, what, know, what, what okay. do you think, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, well, 
I, I as a as as a big big supporter of Biggie and and uh, hopeful that eventually there's a big singles push in line for him. This is not the kind of content I want to see coming out of Big E because I think it makes people take him less seriously. I get that he's good at it. I get that he's charismatic and funny and he's got this big boisterous voice, but. I want to see a more serious Big E, and I don't think that him playing fodder for the Street Profits and and joking about giving info up about his New Day brothers is is a is a good use of him. Uh, I, I'd rather see him in a serious role, maybe joining the men's the men's team. I, I think that's a far better use of him. Uh, but one immensely positive thing that I will say is I have never worn a sweater in my life, but I want Biggie's sweater. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone picked up on it, but it had Leatherface on, on the front of the sweater, and I got a huge kick out of it. Uh, Javier, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, Biggie said, it's worked for me so far. He's not pivoting away. He's sitting there playing Trivial Pursuit for money, um, and then he finds a way to encourage the Street Profits, to be even more over-the-top and clownish than they were on uh, on Raw. Um, I, you know, I mean, it, it was used to promote the match at Survivor Series, but I don't know. I, I think I, I, I think Dignity sh- is, is okay to incorporate into all their acts, and, and I think that they've abandoned they've abandoned that in favor of, of being um, clowns. Um, both of them, I think, go too far. I think there's stuff that they do you can incorporate in, but I think there ought to be some dignity to the act. The thing is that this one took me kind of on a roller coaster because when when he's confronted by by street profits and he's kind of playing along, like I don't know his body language, his facial reactions was kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm not into what they're saying. I'm kind of like thinking of my own thing. Yeah. And then when they, you know, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, just playing around. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll hang out. That's cool. But then you know when they talk about the uh, uh, the new day, he's like, oh, this, you know. So it kind of seemed like he was getting serious there for a moment. And then when he starts laughing, it's a fake laugh. There's no mirth in his eyes like there usually is. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, this, this seems like there's something else going on behind the scenes. But then, you know, that that thing went from 11 to, like, we don't need the knob anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where to the point where, like, I, I was worried that he was going to turn to the camera and say, I can't stop, please, I can't stop. <laughs> it, it, it went from being, yeah. you know, it, it, it became uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the screaming became uncomfortable. So it's just like, I don't know. It, it, I, that's why the way it ended, it kind of like threw me off. Because like at first I thought there was something more there just based on his yeah. on his body language. But then it was like that last bit of it was like, I have no idea what's going on here. This is sort of a an ongoing issue with, with both Big E and the Street Profits. So it's interesting that they put them in this scenario together that kind of compounds the, the problems. It's like the Street Profits were, were over on Raw, and, and you could make the case that they were succeeding given that they were Raw Tag Team Champions, except that they weren't taken all that seriously. They were losing a lot of you know tag matches and, and singles matches, but, but largely winning when their titles were on the line, which is what WWE tends to do with all of their tag teams, especially their champions. And then they move over to SmackDown and suddenly there's a refocus purpose for them. And, and you see them have two big tag team matches uh, their first two weeks on SmackDown. And they were solid matches. They got clean wins. They looked impressive. Cole and Graves put them over strong. Yeah. And then this week they're sort of deduced to this laughing comedy act with Big E. And, and then you take Big E. And 
Biggie is split off from the New Day, and he enters, or he's already embroiled in this feud with Sheamus, and they have this big blow-off match on SmackDown that, that comes off pretty strong, and, and Big E comes off as a really serious contender who is taking the match and the feud seriously. It gets gritty, it gets violent, Big E comes out on top, and you think, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for him to turn the corner and become, by and large, a serious wrestler who's going to legitimately contend for a world title. And then this week happens. It, it's just strange. And I think because I, I try to come up with the an explanation that makes the most amount of sense. <laughs> I think about the only explanation that I could come up with is that they listened to the show last week, where uh, we were talking about how uh, Natalia, who was it, Natalia, Bianca, and uh, uh, Billy Kay were in the same scene, and Natalia was not the the, the biggest over actor. Oh yes. And I think they heard. The sh- <laughs> I think they heard the show, and they said we could talk about. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I don't think I, they succeeded. I, I mean, Ruby Riot and he was in that scene too. So, yeah, I mean, Natalia's always Natalia, but I, I would well, say in that scene because Billy Kay showed up at the end. So. That, yeah, but you're still Zelina and Ruby. I don't know. They can't compete with Bianca. Yeah, no. Well, I'm referring to the Street Profits. The, the, the Street Profits, uh, oh. the Street Profits, and uh, uh, and Biggie were trying to compete with Billy ah, Kay. I thought. Thing. Okay, sorry and, about that. You know, well, I you know, thought. Yeah, Javier, I thought you were talking about Natalia again this yeah. week, trying to top last week's segment with Natalia. Now I get what you're saying. Yes, yes, that is uh, that that would probably be as logical of an explanation, other than the Street Profits and Biggie always act this way, and and I always think they take it too far to an undignified level, and and you know, and this was more of the same. But I mean, your theory, your theory makes at least there would be a motivation behind it, other than we think this is like good. <laughs> <laughs> Some of Pro Wrestling's best podcasts are VIP exclusive, and you can go VIP and find out why we have been supported by paid subscribers for over 30 years with our exclusive top shelf content, including Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell with the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I usually host that program, although he has a variety of guest hosts with different themes and unmatched historical insight, but primarily providing insight and hard-hitting analysis and opinion opinion on what today's news means. Also, The Fix with Todd Martin. Every midweek, Todd and I sit down for two and a half, three and a half hours with analysis of the latest TV shows and major events from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and many others. Plus, he'll keep you up to date on what just happened in the world of MMA, USC, Bellator, and more, and what's coming up the following weekend. Plus, book reviews, reviews of documentaries, and so much more comprehensive coverage of the worldwide pro wrestling scene. And then the unmatched mailbag segment. This is one of the highlights of the week in the pro wrestling podcast world. I know I sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is great stuff. The fixed listeners provide fantastic questions, and Todd delivers every week. You will learn, you will think, and you will appreciate professional wrestling on another level when you go VIP. And that includes Bruce and Todd joining me for post-pay-per-view roundtables following WWE and AEW pay-per-view events where we spend roughly an hour, sometimes longer, breaking down the pay-per-view. As soon as it ends, we are recording that podcast, and within about 90 minutes, it's available for VIP members on our VIP-exclusive podcast feed. All the VIP shows are available on popular podcast apps on both iPhone and Android. No ads, no plugs on the VIP exclusives, and we remove the plugs and ads from the free shows that also show up on the VIP podcast feed sometimes sooner 
then the general public has access to them. That's just scratching the surface. Go check out full details on VIP benefits, including retro radio shows from the early to late 1990s, our podcast dating back to the mid-2000s, back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, over 1,600 of them, and so much more. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Join the ranks of the most well-informed and most entertained pro wrestling fans with the best podcast lineup anywhere. Go VIP and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed also. A huge bonus. pwtorchvipinfo.com. And the last thing I got, which is, I guess, technically fiend, but since they mentioned The Undertaker uh, at Survivor Series saying goodbye, Undertaker is on The Fiend's list. Do you think anything might happen there? Uh, yeah, we need to talk about that because um, Undertaker, they announced uh, you know through press release formally and, and on the show that it's going to be his, his uh, final farewell. I don't know how many previous farewells he's had, um, but this will be the final of the farewells he's had at Survivor Series. And he, uh, we don't know what it means, but it rarely means um, he's going to come out and, and wave at the fans and say, uh, thank you, it's been fun, and, you know, give a concession speech. Oh, wait, I'm getting confused here. Um, give a uh, retirement speech and say goodbye, <laughs> and and that'll be it. I mean, yes, I suspect we're getting an angle that will lead to uh, Undertaker not actually finally farewelling himself from WWE. Uh, Brandon, your, your uh, thoughts and predictions on this? Yeah, I... You know, WWE is is apt to false advertise, and I suspect that this is no different. I I would imagine that you know Undertaker shows up and and likely ends up in some sort of confrontation. Uh, Taker seemed very content to never wrestle again. If you watched the, the the Last Ride documentary on the network, so unless Vince has has pulled some magic out and and convinced him otherwise. You know, uh, maybe I can I can buy that it's the end, but but from what we've seen with the Undertaker, I, I just never I'm never willing to fully say never. For me, I'm over the character. I I, I don't want to see him put himself at risk anymore. I don't want to see the the hugely protective two to three minute match where they're trying to preserve the magic, but you can tell it's not there. I wasn't a huge fan of the of the of the Boneyard match with with AJ Styles, but I did think it was a fitting conclusion, and probably one of the better things that he's he's uh, participated in in quite some time. So I, I am cautiously optimistic and hopeful that this this final goodbye really is just a final goodbye. Hmm. But I, I think it's more of like one of those things where I'll believe it if I see it. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if if someone else gets involved, but. To me, it sort of feels like maybe it, it wouldn't be the fiend because uh, the fiend appears to be a babyface now. I yeah, Javier, what's your? T- I've been curious about your take. What is what is the fiend right now? I I, I mentioned it's I think force of nature. Um, right now, babyface because he's he's up against Orton. Yeah, uh, but you you could just. You know, I, I, I compared it to Godzilla. You know, in some movies Godzilla's the good guy, some Godzilla, and some movies Godzilla's the bad guy. It really depends on who, uh, who, who you, who, who the, who, what, what the 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 person on the uh, across from them is yeah. like, like, like almost sure. like a, like a true cleaner because he doesn't have he's a force of nature. So, like Cody. <laughs> yeah, 
And, and I mean, you could do it. <laughs> yeah, good. that's a good one. I'm in the middle of writing that one too. Uh, but the, the, but yeah, uh, yeah, because I mean, I, it, it, he could still face the Undertaker in like a Cena-esque match, where you know they didn't really do anything, like just a you know a, a Firefly Funhouse kind of match, kind of thing, you know, and then just get to to who, who the Undertaker is, you know. Take take us through his history or, or something like that, and then just you know he it's like a passing of the torch where you know Fiend is the new natural entity kind of thing. You don't have to do much, just you know a, a story without not really taking any bumps or any of that stuff. So that's why I thought that that might be a uh, a thing because you know Undertaker's also old school and he he'll, he'll want to you know he wants to go out on his back. So if he could go out losing to the Fiend <laughs> and passing on his mantle to him, I think that would be something that, that appeals to him. So. Yeah, I I would add that if if Taker is going to do something, if they're going to bring him out there and they're going to put him in, in some sort of situation with the Fiend or whomever it may be, I, I really hope that that he is he is losing. I, I mean, I don't I, the Undertaker doesn't need to beat anybody at this stage of his career, and if he is serious about hanging it up and he really does want to have one last go, I, I mean, he should be putting over whoever he chooses. And if that's the fiend, great. But I, the fiend has has taken enough damage in in recent months to the point that I I, I sometimes struggle with the the viability of that character at, at this point. And that's not something that I want to do. But I think we've kind of gotten to that point. I, I I certainly don't want the fiend to engage with the Undertaker simply for the sake of engaging with the Undertaker if it means he's going to lose. I mean, not, not, obviously not lose. That 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 cannot happen. <laughs> Fiend can't lose until he, uh, unless he's facing Reigns or or McIntyre or or, or a new babyface that you want to. Shane you know, McMahon. Not, not, I wouldn't even say heel, but new babyface you want to <laughs> Shane McMahon. That's another possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. That this is more oh. like I've tried to laugh the demons away. <laughs> With that sobering thought. Yeah, you're working on the Full Gear pay-per-view, yeah. so we'll look forward to that. Everybody check out pwtorch.com to get uh, to get all primed up for yeah, Saturday night show. As a matter of fact, give me once. As a matter of fact, give me a second. I'm, I'm just about writing the uh, the women's match one. There, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave it about as much thought as they did. Yeah. <laughs> but Cody says uh, that we yeah, should be proud so because they're I, not I fighting over a piece of cake like all the other promotions do, and <laughs> We're about putting people in the ring. What a bunch of BS that was. I ranted on that on the VIP Way Keller Hotline last night. I mean, Cody's got some nice things to say about a lot of things, but that was that was Cody telling his audience, "You'll buy anything I shovel." Um, and it was. It, I thought it. It was. It diminished him. Thanks, Javier. I'm sorry. I think we have lag. We do. Because <laughs> I'm hearing you respond to me after I, I say something. So, you know. <laughs> All right, <laughs> a little bit trippy here. My, my, my medication is kicking in. So with that, I'll let you guys go. Thanks, thanks, Javier. Th- thanks, Javier. Javier, thanks. <laughs> thanks, thank you, ha- Javier. All right, <laughs> all right. Messed, messed with them enough there. Um. Okay. One final thought for me: Otis and Tucker. This was not their week. Uh, Tucker gets jobbed out, <laughs> and it seems like are they gonna? Is he joining Retribution, or are they just jobbing him out? Um. And Otis just, I mean, you know, they only have so many people in the roster and, you know, people like him and all that. But I think they could have given him more and done more with him. 
than that. Now, I know some people are like, oh, are you kidding me? It's, it's, it's Otis. But I think there's something to be... I think you can get more out of Otis than they are. And, I mean, Seth Rollins, yes. But four minutes, you know, and... He just gets stomped and loses, and they don't really build up a story for him. It's, it seems like Vince is just sort of moving on from Otis for now. Yeah, I, I, I'm i hard-pressed to, to find a character that's sort of fallen from grace so quickly. Uh, it feels like something something appears to have happened from the time that right, – right around the time that they moved into the, the Amway Center. And I don't know if it was yeah. just that – Vince was really high on this Otis character in the in the performance center because it seems that he he translated better there or, or translated uh, came off. I, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. But if you look back on a week to week basis, the time that Otis started seemingly falling out of favor is right around the time that they moved into the Thunderdome. which is which is strange. But there's no question that that Otis is seemingly falling off the radar entirely i I mean to lose the 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 money in the bank contract to the miz who has just been defined into this this comedy role more or less i i didn't expect that to to happen i mean i i certainly expected otis to lose when he did eventually cash in money in the bank but I, i was a little surprised to see them move that over to the miz um yeah, I, I don't know what they're going for with, for either of these guys. I mean, Tucker came out in those generic tights and and just looked like uh, he was. I mean, if if I had if I had just flipped on the TV during that match and just casually glanced, I I would have thought it was enhancement talent. Like I I, I yeah. wouldn't have even noticed that it was Tucker. Uh, and and tonight, uh, yeah, I think what I wrote in my report for PW Torch simply like. Otis Otis probably deserves better than than you know a, a quick match with Seth Rollins, but where these Survivor Series matches mean so little, I, I think what we all look for most at Survivor Series is is high match quality, and I think that historically the last few years since we've been doing the brand to brand stuff, even though the match doesn't matter and it doesn't feel like it matters, these these men's matches have been pretty good. Uh, for for the most part, they've been they've been above average. They've been really entertaining, long, uh, fast paced matches. And I think when you when you're just thinking about you know who's going to make this match substantially better, I think certainly Seth Rollins becomes the easy and correct choice. But that doesn't mean that they had to dispose of Otis, you know, in the fashion yeah. that they did. Yeah, that, that was that was my point. And yeah, I just I feel like they have have more. Uh... More there than they're taking advantage of. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand 
at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. on the Survivor Series matches. I, I just, every year, I, I mean, I don't want to harp too much on this because it's something that comes up every year now, and, and it, it just seems more and more ridiculous, and it's just something we have to accept. But, like, the these these the five-on-five Survivor Series match, especially the men's one this year, I mean, most of the guys on the Raw team were on SmackDown three weeks ago. Yep. What do they care? I know. <laughs> competing for Raw. It's just... I mean, what it, what is the point? And for them to build up like, oh, these guys want to fight for pride and brand supremacy. Like, they were on the other brand. Like, but some of these guys literally wrestled a Survivor Series qualifying match their first week on Raw. <laughs> yes. like, at least, at what least, is- I think because of retribution, we're not just getting the the blue t shirts, heels and faces, like running into smack, running yeah. over to Raw, and we're not getting the the Raw heels and faces fresh after the draft, running and invading SmackDown. Yeah, at least we're not getting that. And I right now, I mean, I'll take that as a victory because that was just yeah, horrendously I mean, sure. stupid yeah. last year and the year before. So. Yeah, we'll just have you know Seth Seth Rollins shows up on Raw the the week after he gets traded. Like it's just yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm glad we're not getting that. Javier with no delay emails and says Otis was a man's favorite toy until he got Roman Reigns back. Um, and I think that is uh, <laughs> it's it's weird, but you know not not all toys look alike and do the same thing. But sometimes I mean it 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 I mean it lines up it lines it up does. if you if you follow my theory of the the Thunderdome. I know it does. No, no, absolutely. All right, uh, another Wade. Wade from uh, New Zealand, a VIP member, says, uh, Hey, Wade, tonight it was going to be my first night phoning in, but two things happened. Firstly, WWE gave me little to no talking points. Well, we're doing our best here. Uh, Next, other than the absolute waste of Big E thus far, um, he's just floating, lost on the card with zero direction. Uh, And secondly, fingers crossed, future President-elect Joe Biden went live on TV, so I had to go listen to that. Even here in New Zealand, we are anxiously watching what unfolds. We're waiting for wel- we're waiting to welcome America back into the really real world and out of this Truman Show style reality TV world you've been uh, that you've been stuck in. Um, cheers, mate. Yes, uh, the, the majority of us uh, are also. Um, it's been a clown show for four years, and and I'm uh, very very <laughs> much very much ready to move back to uh, decency and, and reality and uh, and truth and dignity and. Real patriotism and on and on. Um, I hope I'm not showing my hand there. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, as far as Biggie goes, though, yeah. I mean, we talked about his performance tonight, but I guess I'll I'll expand on that in general and say of everybody who has been drafted, ever as far as a reshuffling and looking at who's who's going to be a big winner and a loser in the draft, who's going to get an opportunity, they split up New Day. And you're thinking, ah, Biggie's in for big things. And I'm not saying we're not three weeks yeah. away from that. We might be, but right now, he's diminished. He's now sitting on the floor, playing Trivial Pursuit, acting like a like a, a not, slightly older than a toddler in terms of his body language and 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 posture. And then he's, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I've already expressed how I felt about the segment, but 
Big had a chance to become, become something significantly bigger than he was. And it was time to step up and be an adult and, and understand you can goof off with your buddies with a new day, but have a mission and be more serious. And I think he's insecure to a fault about how much people would care about him if he turned down the dial and wasn't such a big clown trying to overact and be a goof. Goof's maybe a better word right now. If he wasn't just trying to be a big goof and, and go for the, ha ha, I can't believe he did that. I, I think he is underestimating how, how effective of a character he could be if he took himself more seriously and presented himself with more dignity and in a more traditional way. Um, I think that's in him. Brandon. Yeah, the last time I was I was on the show, I believe was the the season premiere of SmackDown, and I think that was the night that that Biggie had that blow off match with Sheamus, and and I said that, you know, if if The Rock is not in the cards for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, then then Biggie is my pick, and I mean just three weeks later, that that feels impossible, and that's not to say that they can't turn it around very very quickly for him, but. Right now, he just seems so far away from from being in a position like that. I, I mean, there's there's still a spot open on on Team SmackDown. If if I had my way, I would like to see Biggie qualify, get that spot, act a little bit more serious, and and maybe have a bit of a conflict with Jey Uso in that match, which in turn draws the attention of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. And makes them think, eh, this is a guy we might want to keep our eye on. He's he's someone that's going to be, you know, climbing up the ranks. Because clearly there there's a story that they're telling that that the purpose that Jey Uso and, and Paul Heyman are supposed to serve is to watch out for potential threats to Roman Reigns and his empire. So Big E seems like a logical threat if he's if he's booked the way that he should be. And I think that would be an effective use of of biggie in an effective way to rebuild him i'm just not sure they're ready to tell that story i know it, it seems like they're not so i mean there's things they're busy with um but there's damage being done in the meantime if they, if they think that they can just shift into a different gear with him and and the time to present him in a new way was i'm a singles wrestler now my friends are over on the other brand and now I, i'm different i've switched into a different gear um and he, he's not he's just yeah. Anyway, I'm disappointed. I mean, I, I, I thought that was one of the things to really look forward to here in, uh, in, in the post-draft season of SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up, uh, Brandon? Uh, I mean, I just scrolled think through. So. I, think I, we think, got, I think we've covered. Yeah, I think we got everything covered. I, I don't think there's anything else jumping out to me that we, uh, that we didn't hit on. Yeah, I think we I think we ran down pretty much every uh, every segment of the show. There yeah. was some was some like conspicuous uh, absences tonight. I, I mean, obviously they're telling the story with Daniel Bryan, but I, I mean, no Cesaro Nakamura who have been kind of mainstays on the show. No Sami Zayn uh, yep. who has been talking a whole lot uh, <laughs> on on a week to week basis. Uh, very minimal stuff for the Street Profits. Not necessarily a bad thing by no. any means. I mean, you get a rotate your talent but just interesting there were a lot of omissions and yet it, it didn't feel like uh it didn't feel like the show was missing or or lacking that much star power which i guess is a is a testament really to to how big roman reigns feels right now that's true yeah no i mean smackdown feels like a brand where those wrestlers you mentioned who weren't on it are a big part of it and so it did feel a bit strange uh for that reason but you know i i have no problem with that i don't think putting everybody on every show is is the best formula yeah all right very good uh brandon tell people how to follow you on social media and uh and and 
plug your anything else you want. So uh, you can uh, you can follow me at BLeClaire12 on Twitter. Uh, mostly talk wrestling and some politics these days, especially this week as we go through this crazy election. Uh, music, some movies, and and all of that stuff. Uh, and you can uh, you can read my reports for PWTorch.com every week. I cover uh, the alternative perspective of uh, of Friday Night SmackDown. So I cover the show in in detail and run down the matches and also provide my analysis and final thoughts on the show on a week to week basis excellent uh thanks everybody follow me on twitter by the way at the wade keller and follow our brand at pw torch check out our aew full gear roundtable preview show over on the blue logo show the wade keller processing podcast it should be at the top of the feed just hit refresh and you can also follow my live coverage at pwtorch.com of full gear tomorrow night looking forward to uh Looking forward to that show. I think there's a lot. I, uh, the cover story of this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter that uh, was just uh, put up online is uh, AEW booking being put to the test at full gear. Um, because there's some things they're doing that uh, I like some things they're doing where I'm not sure what the heck they're doing. And this is their chance Saturday <laughs> yeah. night to show us they knew what they were doing all along. Um, and I, I'm real curious. This is a culmination of, of months of television. And there's no excuse to not have it make sense. They've had, uh, you know. Healthy people and no no big twists. So um, you can check out my coverage uh, there. And then Greg Parks will be hosting Wrestling Night in America, a special Saturday night edition, a post-pay-per-view edition. So uh, look for a link to that at pwtorch.com in my Full Gear pay-per-view report or on Twitter. And uh, I'll be recording a roundtable with Todd Martin and Bruce Mitchell for VIP members after the show, too. So if you're not VIP, go VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Uh, Brandon, thanks again. We will talk Wait, to you. Oh yeah, just in 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 wrestling terms, uh, just wanted to to plug specifically your uh, your Twitter account this week. A uh, little out of character, um, <laughs> it little out of out of character in, in wrestling terms, but uh, definitely, I mean, always worth following. But especially this week, the the, the out of character stuff has been uh, definitely definitely great. I don't know what you're talking about, but I think I got my password got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, pull it up, pull it up. A Kurt Angle. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, Take care. Thanks, everybody. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com.
We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and Post Shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP After Shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller Shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for 2 extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller Hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller Hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all-text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators, on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled, Vince Russo is from Outer Space. And Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk, with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Lance Storm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WBF moving from USA to TNN and a potential shift of ECW. Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. 
our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the Torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. A lot of people have the World Series circled on their calendar or the upcoming presidential election circled as their calendar. Pro wrestling fans, a lot of them have November 17th circled on their calendar because that's when the Young Bucks autobiography, Killing the Business, comes out. And if you get an Audible membership, you can download that book the minute it comes out on November 17th. So go get your Audible membership right now and claim your free credit at audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade or text wade to 500-500. You'll get a free audio credit to pick out a book of your choosing and download it to your smartphone right away. By the way, you don't have to wait till next month to get instant gratification on a highly recommended pro wrestling book, The Eighth Wonder of the World, The True Story of Andre the Giant by Bertrand Hebert and Pat Laprod comes with my highest recommendation. He is a fascinating figure, and this book will teach you things about him that you definitely didn't know. They separate fact from fiction when it comes to Andre. So go to audible.com slash wade or text wade to 500-500 and start listening to a great wrestling book right now, The Eighth Wonder of the World, The True Story of Andre the Giant, and be first in line to get the new Young Bucks autobiography coming out next month. Of course, Audible is more than just wrestling books. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, self-development, guided wellness programs, theatrical performance, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible Originals you won't find anywhere else. Thousands and thousands of titles available on any topic you can imagine, from pro wrestling to how to quit smoking, how to lose weight. I have a wide array of fiction and nonfiction stories in my Audible library. I have been an Audible member for years, and I recommend it. Go check it out, audible.com slash wade, or text wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wade, or text wade to 500-500.